Jewish tradition deals with just about every core question you could name. And some you might never think of. Here is one. Does God live within the universe or does the universe exist within God? Our ancestors reached a conclusion with which most of us will surely agree. The universe exists in God. The universe does not contain him. There is sufficient biblical evidence for this conclusion. For example, in Psalm 90, we read, O Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Rabbi Yitzchak in the Talmud said, we could not know if the Holy One is the dwelling place of the world, or if the world is the dwelling place of God, until Moshe came and explained it. You have been a dwelling place throughout all generations. For this reason, in Jewish thought, one of the names for God is Hamakom, the place. He is the place of the universe. And the universe is not his place. All of this is well and good, but it seems like idle cosmological contemplation. What does this have to do with us? If you think about the meaning of a place, you'll agree that it is more than just a geographical location. It's a space which is capable of containing something else. When used in reference to God, what it means is that everything is contained within God conceptually, while he is not contained in anything. Let's get that again. Everything is contained in God conceptually, while he is not contained in anything. What does this mean for us? Lots of things. Let me tell you a true story. It's about a woman who told her rabbi, me, that the reason she does not come to synagogue on Shabbat is that Shabbat is, quote, her Sabbath, end quote. What's the problem here? She's got things backward. Shabbat is not our Sabbath. It is God's Sabbath. It is a day when we especially accommodate him, fitting ourselves into his pleasure. It is the day that is especially for God. It is not about chilling, but about giving God the attention he deserves. This lady was wrong. Now, it's okay to be wrong, as long as you don't make a habit of it. Our challenge is not to fit God into our lives. It is not to make room for him. Our challenge is to be continually fitting our lives into God, his way of thinking, and his will for the world, including our lives. Our challenge is to constantly be fitting our lives in their entirety into God, finding how who we are and how we think can accommodate who God is and how he thinks, and how we think and how we live. We should always be accommodating ourselves to God, picking up the stuff of our lives and following the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. What might it mean for us? 
to continually adapt ourselves to God, fitting our lives and our plans into who he is and what pleases him, rather than trying to make room in our lives for God as if he is a guest in a life that belongs to us. No. Every day and in every way, our lives belong to him. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. Today's Haftorah reading helps us get a sense of what it means to fit our lives into God. It gives us five ideas to explore before we end with some concrete suggestions. The text in Isaiah 66 begins by outlining our problem. Number one, we do not find a place for God in our lives. We must find our place in God, fitting ourselves into who he is and where he would lead us. Isaiah says this, Heaven is my throne, says Adonai, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house could you build for me? What sort of place could you devise for my rest? Didn't I myself make all these things? This is how they all came to be, says Adonai. Number two, fitting ourselves into who he is and to where he would lead us means we will be people of poor and humble spirit who tremble at his word. Ever and always, God's expressed and communicated will will be priority one, even our sole priority. This will be evident in our making decisions that others ignore or even despise. That brings us to this text in Isaiah. The kind of person on whom I look with favor is the one with a poor and humble spirit who trembles at my word. Those others might as well kill a person as an ox, as well break a dog's neck as sacrifice a lamb, as well offers pig's blood as offer a grain offering, as well bless an idol as burn incense. These people make no distinctions, but we do. And just as these have chosen their ways and enjoy their disgusting practices, so I will enjoy making fools of them and bring on them the very things they fear. And that brings us to number three, fitting ourselves into who God is and where he would lead us means living in sensitized responsiveness to his will and the guidance of his spirit. It means living attentive lives. Some time ago, I had the privilege of mentoring a billionaire and his family. You only get that chance once in your lifetime. I mentored these people for a number of months, but only one family. They were very generous. They were believers, of course, and rich uh, anthropologists, uh, sorry, philanthropists who gave liberally to Korea, for example, North Korea, buying millions of dollars of food and clothing for the starving and freezing people of North Korea. And one day, the, the, the man of the house, Mr. Chang, 
told me that one time he got a call from the White House that uh, there were uh, some dignitaries from South Korea who are coming to the White House, and the White House invent, invited Mr. Chang to come and be with them. And here's what he said. He said, I'll pray about it, and I'll let you know. This just blew me away. For him, even the White House did not have first priority in his life. He had the faith and the courage and the character to say even to the White House, I will check with God and then I'll let you know. That's the kind of attitude that Isaiah extols when he says, for when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear. Instead, they did what was evil in my sight and chose what did not please me. But we who are the people of God will be just the opposite. We will live in sensitized responsiveness to the will and guidance of the Spirit. We will live attentive lives. Number four, fitting ourselves into who God is and where he would lead us means we will experience the displeasure of other kinds of people. Isaiah puts it this way. Hear the word of Adonai, you who tremble at his word. Your brothers who hate you and reject you because of my name have said, let Adonai be glorified so we may see your joy, but they will be put to shame. Now, frankly, sometimes we deserve the displeasure of other people because we act weird, strange, and intrusively. But this is not what Isaiah is talking about. We earn no merit badges for being weird, strange, and intrusive. In fact, we damage God's reputation. However, when God's values are our values, there will be times when other people will find us irritating because we march to a different drummer. If we are people who accommodate ourselves to God, there will be times when we experience real dissonance with others who consider that to be ridiculous or offensive. That's life. And that's life with God. We come now to number five, fitting ourselves into who God is and where he would lead us means living in expectation of the reward of the righteous and retribution for the wicked. Isaiah puts it this way, that uproar in the city, that sound from the temple is the sound of Adonai repaying his foes what they deserve. And then he contrasts his people. Before going into labor, she gave birth. Before her pains came, she delivered a male child. Who ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen such things? Is a country born in one day? Is a nation brought forth all at once? As soon as Zion went into labor, she brought forth her children. So here is a challenge before all of us today to cultivate 
attentiveness to God, his will, his ways, his leading, to accommodate ourselves to God and not to expect him to accommodate himself to us. What I'm calling us to is a shift in our mindset on a day-to-day basis. How shall we do this? I have some simple suggestions. And this is something which I've begun trying to do myself, and it makes a big difference. Here it is. It's very simple. Early in the day, take 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, to read in your Bible and to ask yourself three questions about what you're reading. Head, what do I understand this text to be saying? Heart, what is especially speaking to me from this passage? Hands, how can I apply this today? Then spend a few minutes asking God, Lord, what would you have me to do? Throughout the rest of your day, give your hands to obeying what you discovered in the word and keep this prayer on your lips. What would you have me to do? We need to remember to fit our lives into God. As people who followed the Messiah, who said, I only do what I see my father doing. My word to you, very serious word, is from now on, this moment on, let's all learn to fit our lives into God. I mean, we are servants of God. As a servant, we have one agenda. That agenda is what does our master want? That is a servant's agenda. Too many people reduce life with God to having a checklist of approved beliefs and approved experiences. They said, oh, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. Oh, what a good boy am I. Oh, no, 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 no. Our life should be a life of constant availability to God, constantly seeking to sense what is his will and fitting our lives into him. Yeshua said, I only do what I see the Father doing. May such be true of you and of me. Shabbat Shalom.